Hello and happy new year, dear listener. Your cross-generational podcasting team at Reeducating Dad is back. It's 2021. Little Tone and I started this podcast in the first national lockdown back last March. And here we are, 10 months later, all that re-education of dad. But we're back, back in a national lockdown. That's the bad news. What's the good news? The good news is we are delighted to be joined again by our regular special guest, my grandson, Ben who's just entered adulthood. So we'll be hearing from Ben with his own perspectives uh, in just a moment. But first of all, everyone has been asking, after our last episode, has been asking after my daughter, Little Tone, and how she is. Everyone has been very worried about her. Thank you all for expressing uh, your sympathies for her situation. She was in a dire, strait, dire straits when Ben and I last talked to her. She could barely get through the show. She kindly agreed to share her experiences of suffering from COVID. And she has, I can tell you since then, had a pretty rough time. So how are you now, little turn? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm improving slowly. Um, I did unfortunately get COVID pneumonia, uh, which is what happens um, generally in the seven to seven to ten day period if it doesn't improve it can it often gets worse and becomes covid pneumonia but i was really lucky and didn't have to go onto oxygen i managed to get antibiotics for pneumonia and i was looked after by my husband which was great um but it is a slow slow recovery um yeah um I've still got tightness in my chest and I've had all kinds of weird symptoms. Loads of symptoms have been reported um, and I've had a lot of them. <laughs> so I'm just grateful to be able to get out of bed and move around a bit, but I'm not back to work yet. So you largely got through this at home with um, your husband, Tom, who also had COVID, but didn't have quite such a rough time. Is that right? Yeah, he. I mean, he had COVID for about... Um, um sorry I, I was just trying to get the adapter for this um he had covid for about a, a week just the fluey part it, it, he, his was different from mine it was much more kind of like mucusy a bit like a chest infection mm -hmm. and mine was really dry like there was nothing there it was just sore throat everything swollen like really tight chest um a very strange sensation because i've never had pneumonia or like a a chest infection that like affects your lungs um, so he, he got over all of the fluey symptoms within sort of like 10 days and now just has some, some fatigue. Um, but he's improved loads. Like he's been able to go outside and go shopping for food and stuff like that. So he, he's doing great. But for me, mine, mine went from sort of flu symptoms in the week to then uh, really awful, uh, you know, nausea and diarrhea and really painful joints and swollen um thank you swollen glands the, the swollen glands is one of the worst parts because basically the glands under your arms they swell up a bit like the glands in your neck and that you don't even want to put your arms down it's so painful and my knees have been really painful and 
yeah really just really some really odd symptoms but um and, and what might be very interesting because you had um you know a couple of scary moments didn't you when you uh when you when your lungs were, were feeling painful and, and the lungs whenever anyone starts talking about the lungs in in the context of covid it's sort of a worrying sign and i think the hospital gave you a very valuable tip or someone did some medical person did why don't you share that yeah. with our listeners because that might be helpful to other people yeah, I'll just very quickly say that it's so important to advocate for your own health, even if people are telling you that you're being a hypochondriac. It's so important to advocate for yourself. And I knew that something wasn't right um, around about the 10-day period. And, and I am a little bit of a hypochondriac, a bit of a paranoid person to do with my health. I'm normally right, though. <laughs> and um, I went into hospital, and they told me that I'd got pneumonia. And I think that had I not gone in there then, and got the antibiotics for pneumonia then, I would have been ended up on an oxygen machine um, because another friend of mine that has the same autoimmune disease that I ha have is on oxygen right now in hospital. Um, and one of the biggest um, bits of advice that has helped me has been uh, to not sleep on your back because that allows the gravity of your body pushing your rib cage against your lungs, which allows the fluid to get in. Um, and that's how it becomes pneumonia. And actually, if you can, if you're well enough to sleep on your stomach, that's the best thing you can do because it's really good for strengthening your lungs. You don't get the fluid in there. Um, but if you find that you can't do that, which I, I always sleep on my back, I, I just tried sleeping on my front for like an hour or doing like a couple of sessions through the day where I'd lie on my stomach for, you know, half an hour and then get up and move around a bit, get up and move your arms because that also uh, allows, um, opens the lungs up. Um, and if you can't do that, sleeping on your side is much better than sleeping on your back. <laughs> and that, the moment I started doing that, that really, really helped. And also just drinking as much fluid as you can, but that fluid being warm rather than cold. Um, but another thing is, is that my doctors let me sign out an oximeter, which is um, that little thing that goes on your finger in hospital. That, that was really interest, interesting. That clip that they put on your finger, I never read, you know, and when you're in hospital, they often put this sort of like paper clip thing with a wire on it on your finger. And I never realized that that was to measure your oxygen level. How dumb am I? Yeah, well, it, <laughs> it's to measure your oxygen, your, um, your pulse rate as well. Um, and I also had a digital thermometer. If you can have those things at home, that is the best thing that you can do because I had to go into hospital three times to have my oxygen levels checked because my um, lungs were so tight and I felt like I couldn't breathe, but actually I, I, I could. It's just a weird sensation. Um, but now I have one at home, which I check every day and then I send those, those results into my um, GP. That's um, really, really good, really good. Tip. What's that thing? Yeah. Paper clippy thing? An oximeter. And apparently they're not that expensive, right? No, I think they're like 20 quid. So it's well worth having. And a digital thermometer because then at least every time your fever spikes, you can take some, some painkillers to bring it down. Well, we're certainly yeah. glad to see you back. Um, you, look, you, know, you look well. You sound back to your normal self, which is really, really great. And now we want to welcome the third member of our cross-generational team because we represent three generations on this show ben how are you doing how was your christmas break yeah it was, it was good as much as i i didn't like um not being able to go out and see family members i think the the break at home was 
uh, was good. Uh, I enjoy I enjoyed just not having not having to rush anywhere and being at home. So you, I mean, I mentioned that you you're, you've just entered adulthood. You, you we celebrated your birthday, I think, on the show um, at the end of you know a few weeks ago, not not long ago, and um, uh, you're able to give us you'll be able to give us your sort of perspective of of things. That, uh, I I I think of sort of life as a conveyor belt, right? <laughs> so uh, Ben's sort of near the beginning uh, mm. of the conveyor belt. Uh, Little tones a little further away along, and I'm near the trapdoor end of the uh, conveyor belt. So, depending on where you, at what time in in uh, in the world's timeline uh, you enter, you land on that conveyor belt, you have very different, perhaps, perspectives of um, of aspects of life. And uh, we're going through a big aspect, a, a very special aspect, not special in a good way very special aspect of life with this pandemic. And we have no doubt got three sort of rather different viewpoints on it. We can talk about that. But in particular, this, this episode, we want to talk about our different viewpoints of the coming uh, new year. So that's what I want to hear from, from you about a little bit now, Ben, uh, is how do you view... I mean, I know we, just before we came on air, we talked about... Uh, you know what's happening with school and your exams and so on. Perhaps yeah. you could share a bit of that with us and let me let us know what your what your predictions are for 2021. <laughs> well, I'm I'm uh, slightly apprehensive about this year. I'm looking forward to some ac- aspects, but um, slightly worried about what what is going to happen regarding my education. Um, I'm in year 13, which means <laughs> last year of my uh, last year of college. Um, so A levels and um, uh, William is it William Gavinson, um, yep. their yep. education uh, minister. Um, yesterday and today is announced um, <laughs> the cancelling of um, the A levels as tests, and instead of uh, I'm replacing them with teacher assessment, which I'm slightly apprehensive about because. <laughs> we know we know last year didn't go well at all with the um, the, the teacher assessment or the government assessment of grades um and i'm worried that instead of a um instead of doing the actual exams we'll just be having exams a month sooner that are just regulated by the school instead which doesn't fix the problem at all the 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 problem is not the fact that we can't get everyone into a room to test that's obviously a part a big part of it because of safety but another part of it is the fact that we've missed for four months or it'll probably be it'll be five now that lockdown has started again at the least um of our education and that can't but I, be i think i suppose ben the, the thing is that they've got to come up with a way of arriving at your results right yeah so i can't think of a better way than allowing the people the, the people that know you best uh, which would be your teachers they they must be the people surely who would be able to give you the the most fair assessment, taking yeah. everything into account, like the four months that you mentioned, um, you know, and uh, their, their their views on you know your project work or whatever. Doesn't yeah? Matter. Can you think of a better idea? No, I can't think of a better idea. I think it's very much a um, a lose lose situation because I think <coughs> the, problem, the problem with 
teacher um, teacher assessment is that it's very it's very uh, different depending on what schools that you'll go to. They'll go they'll do different um, assessment methods, and therefore the whole um, year of um, this whole generation of year thirteens will be graded um, differently against each other. And and you're right. There is I don't I don't see another option we can do, but it doesn't mean that I can't be worried about it. <laughs> no, no, you're allowed to be worried. I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't. That was not my. No, 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 yeah, yeah. Guess that you you were not right to be worried. I can understand your apprehension. Uh, I suppose thinking back to my school days is a very long time ago. But my apprehension would be that not many of my teachers liked me. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I would have been worried. Why are you shaking? Why are you agreeing there, Tony? <laughs> Well, I, I was going to make that same point. Like oh, I had, okay. um, I thought you meant. I, had teachers I thought you meant. Had... No, no wonder they didn't like you. Know, so. No, I, I just I think that teachers have their own bias as well, and sometimes those biases are unfair. Mm. Um, I I remember the first day of high school, and I came in, and they recognised my surname because of um, Jackie, and they, <laughs> and they said, and and this my my French teacher was Scottish, and she just went, well, I know that you're going to be trouble. That's the first thing that she said to me, and she never liked me for the rest of high school. I should mention, for the benefit of our listeners, that Jackie is your older sister and is also Ben's mum. I'm glad I'm the oldest. Not a bad child. (laughs) She wasn't a bad child. No, no, Um, she was not. She was a lovely child. Um, Right. So, so uh, Ben. Uh, yeah, so you've mentioned your apprehension about the exams, but how are your how how are they actually conducted? You're obviously at home at the moment. The school is shut, as are all schools uh, for the lockdown. Uh, how are you actually attending class, getting educated? Um, so we're attending online lessons uh, through um, Microsoft Teams, which is essentially Zoom but Microsoft's version, and um, we just instead of uh, wherever in our timetable that we were going to have a lesson for a certain subject uh, at school, as if it were a normal day, we instead have that online. Um, and the, the teachers... So how does that work out? Just to, sorry to interrupt you, but I mean, no, no, we are at the moment having, doing this via Zoom, this, this podcast episode. Mm. Um, and the reason that we do that is, is so that we can see each other and that makes it a much more natural conversation. So does that is that what you do? I mean, do you, do you see your teacher? How does that work? No. Uh, well, <laughs> we see the teacher. I do. I feel uh, quite bad for the teachers because all they see are um, uh, like ten or so profile pictures. Um, <laughs> because right. um, our school have no policy on uh, like forcing us to have our cameras on at all times to see what we're doing. So everyone just opts to mute their mics and turn off their cameras. Um, so you which, could opt, you could opt to, to be on camera if you wanted to. Is that is that what you're saying? Yes, yes, you can. But obviously, peer pressure happens, and then you don't want to be the only one showing your your <laughs> face to the class. Um, uh, but the, yeah, and then the, the teachers' methods of um, doing online classes really just depends. Some of them some of them treat the lessons like you would um, a lecture. They just sort of yeah. talk at you for an hour or two. Yeah. Um, and then some of them uh, does involve quite a lot of talking and discussing, but it really just depends on how the how the teacher. Uh, so how many people would be on the call then, apart from the teacher? How many how many pupils? Um, 
it really depends on what class my my uh my class my school is quite diverse in the fact that we have some classes with five six like i'm in a class with five six some some have 30 right so i could see that five and six i could see might work quite well um 30 i would have thought was for a discussion would be quite difficult to manage yeah and it normally it normally ends up um the teacher the teacher asking a question and then there being a long pause of silence no one wanted to answer and then she goes through the list and picks one unfortunate soul to answer the question and they right. have to unmute their mics and and, and answer right but they still don't have to put their camera on because no no there no. isn't a policy for that no. <laughs> <laughs> i don't see how that's any different from having a policy that you have to show up for lessons <laughs> there you go okay so so that's uh, that's how you're being educated and how do you feel that's working um for me i think it's um it's going well i prefer doing everything in my own time in my own environment um that's, that's why i dislike um the education system so much it's because it's all very controlled very restricted you have to do this then this then but i feel I do feel sorry for people that need that um, that structure in their lives to like in order to be like this is the time for work because some of them are, uh, are losing like their education or not getting the best out of their education just because of how they are as a person, which I do I do feel for. But then but then you could also say that people like myself um, don't do well at school because they you're not suited to that that kind of teaching. Okay, I'm going to come back and ask you about uh, your feelings about the new year and what you think might happen, because obviously mm. you've got a special thing happening later in the year, uh, which you can talk to us about. But I want to just have a word with a little tone about, uh, you know, her perspective now, because she's, uh, uh, you know, she's uh, in a, from a work perspective. How long have you been work? How long have you been? You, were you furloughed? I can't, yes, you were furloughed at one point, weren't you? For a long time. Yeah, I mean... I was furloughed from the venue, um, but I immediately picked up work with a charity, so and I was for, still trying. Just for sorry, just for new listeners, if you could just share what your what your work is and. Uh. Um. So so usually I um I work full time programming a music venue, so I I I fill a calendar with events that bring in profit. I'm I'm in an income generating role, and I've been doing that for nearly five years. I absolutely love that job. Um. And I was furloughed, uh, yeah, I was furloughed um, quite early on and um, immediately picked up some work working for Music Venue Trust, which is a charity that, that aims to protect um, and prevent the closure of music venues. So it, they kind of worked well together. So I basically started working full time for the charity and still driving the fundraising and trying to apply for funding and stuff like that with my music venue. So I, I, I've been really fortunate I haven't, stopped working the whole time but it's meant that i also haven't had any holiday as well um so what's the situation <laughs> what's the situation now um well uh so we were really fortunate we got money we did get some funding for the music venue um and that was to mothball the venue up until the end of march uh, and they've now just announced there'll be a second round of that funding and that we'll be eligible for that as well. Um, and I guess uh, the the government aims to have people vaccinated by June, you know, June, July, August time. 
So hopefully by summer, when naturally like the flu rate will come back down anyway, um, we might be able to see places start opening up. I'm, I'm also in a category that aims to be vaccinated by mid-February. So I should get vaccinated quite soon. That's good news. Um, yeah, it's, it's good news. And it's also ironic considering I've just, I'm just recovering from it. But um, annoyingly. But yeah, I think that, I think that we'll probably ho- we'll hopefully start seeing things open up by summertime. Um, but that's not going to be without some loss to all industries, I think. You know, it, I think it was today that Top Shops announced that they're in administration and they're closing their flag, flagship store on Oxford Street. So <clears throat> everyone's being hit and there's going to be some major losses. And obviously there's going to be a huge financial impact on my generation and Ben's. Um, yes. Uh, I mean, With regards to yeah, taxes and stuff. Like that. That's a very fair point because I haven't said anything about my perspectives yet, but obviously I'm near the trap door, as I said at the beginning of the show. Um, and so I'm conscious of the fact that, um, you know, it's not anywhere near as critical in terms of what's happening to my little business, um, uh, you know, as it, uh, therefore my work, as it is for you and Ben, because you have a lot of uh, real estate ahead of you uh, in terms of time. And, um, um, you know, this could, this obviously could Im- impact heavily on, on um, your ability to work. I, I, you know, I really feel for young people, young people generally. Um, uh, so um, I suppose... Yeah, I mean, I've been... I've been. I've got friends that have been out of work since March last year and have been on Universal Credit. Everyone will know that Universal Credit is like nothing. Mm. You know, it's very hard to live off. And you know, the fact that both Tom and I are are in really um, uh, unstable, you know, industry. We're in an. We're sorry. We work in an unstable industry anyway. The fact that we've both been able to continue working has just been so lucky. Um, and I really feel for my friends that have lost their work back in March. A lot of them went freelance, so didn't have two years worth of accounts and therefore weren't eligible for the, for the furlough. Yeah, there's as well. a lot of people. I think it's something like 2.9 million people who just haven't been helped, um, you know, who can't get help because they, you know, they fall into some sort of exception. And I really think that uh, Rishi Sunak's got to do something about that. I mean, it's not, it's not, Whenever, uh, whenever that he, he's challenged on that point, it seems to me that he always says, oh, yes, well, I'm sending billions, of, I mean, all these billions, unprecedented amounts of money. He doesn't really care. I mean, those people who, who are missed, it doesn't really matter, I should have said, um, because those people who are missed don't care how, ma- how many billions of pounds you've sent to other people. <laughs> but the fact is you've sent none to them, and that's yeah. killing them. That's killing them. So, you know, I mean, that's no, absolutely no answer. But what's your, what's your feeling um, about the outlook for, you, for your life then, um, Little Tone? Then I'll ask Ben the same um, I mean, I'm feeling, uh, I'm trying to stay positive. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to focus on the fact that I'll be vaccinated soon and so will the rest of the country, hope, hopefully by summer. Um, I think there's a lot of questions to, to be raised. I mean, it's a very tricky time for expecting mothers or people, you know, people that are early in their pregnancy or, you know, coming towards the end of their pregnancy or have been planning to get pregnant because 
you cannot take the vaccine within a year of um, a year of yeah having a baby. Sorry, of being pregnant. Am I saying that right? <clears throat> yeah, I know. I know pregnant women are, are, are not not being advised to be vaccinated, aren't they? Isn't that and people, yeah, people with an allergy to penicillin and people that are immune compromised. Yada yada yada. We've already talked about this. Yeah. I think that there are there is quite a large group of people that have been missed out of the you know the financial support but also been thought about with regards to vaccination um but i am feeling positive that you know they are pushing it out as quickly as they can and hopefully we we will see some sort of normalcy returning by summer i think that our, i think the venue i work for will survive um because of the support that we've received and the community support that we've had but Pretty i know good. that we're going to yeah, I know that we're going to lose a lot of really important places, unfortunately. Yes. And um, yeah, I mean, once we once we we're immune to the virus, there's still a lot of stuff to sort out. Yes, I mean, <laughs> this know? is going to be hugely damaging. That's why I was interested in your, you know, your perspectives as as young people because it, it is and it's tricky. Very it's costly. Sorry to, Go on. Sorry to interrupt you. It is. Um, it, I think it's very tricky not having um suitable representation uh within uh the government sort of within sort of like uh rishi sunak's role because he's a billionaire he's you know he's been brought up from you know he's come from wealth he's married into extreme wealth he has a seven million pound house like it's very hard to have someone it's very hard for someone like that to represent the people that are suffering you well, know i, I think yeah, I suppose he is, I think, I think he is a really good man for the job, I have to say. I mean, I, I, all those things that you say are true, but they're, they're also true of most of the people in, in that, at that sort of level. Yeah, I'm not trying to criticise him because it's been a really, really difficult job that he's had. And I think that he has, for the most part, done as well as he someone could in that position. But I think that it would be really good to have some um suitable representation for people that are on you know i just like i just like him to, to flip through the net i just like him to provide some provision for the people that he's missed i mean that that's that's the thing that needs to be done ben so um how about uh, your views how do you how, are you positive uh, about the, the coming year um not the not the coming the coming year i think um as you as you um, alluded to, I'm, I'm this is the year I'm going to to university, uh, um, which is probably going to be towards the end of the year. So ho hopefully, I'm I'm hopeful that we will we'll have got over gotten over the worst by then. We're like <laughs> September September October is when I should be uh, should be going to university. And the thing I'm worried about is just losing the um, university experience. As well as as well as spending nine grand a year for <laughs> online lessons, I really hope that that, <laughs> that, that doesn't happen to me. Mm. Um, but, but yeah, I think for for a long time now, um, I really I really value my my own independence. Um, and so for a long time now, I've been looking forward to going to university when I can go off and and live uh, live away from my. my uh, my parents, not that I dislike my parents, <laughs> um, but and and do my own thing. And I'm just I'm worried that um, 
that would be scuppered by by covid when but, are you to, when are you due to go to a <laughs> university uh sep- um depending on the university that i've applied to it's either september or october sorry and i interrupted you you was about to say but um you know you, you oh yeah, yeah yeah so i was saying i'm i'm hoping that um i'm somewhat confident that we'll be over the worst by the time that i've gotten through to university when in terms of being in lockdown and 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 obviously at touch wood um but uh yeah i i think that i should be okay but I, i'm still nervous yeah well I, I i i don't blame you um i think that um you know i think this year is going to be largely largely a, a washout but hopefully as we get beyond march i mean I, I think you know we're pretty much all reconciled to the fact that we're going to be locked down until march aren't we yeah i think i think i mean that looks that looks inevitable really it's it's slightly different for me just on the fact that from what the the last year has told me is how determined that the government are to get my year and year um 11 which is the gcse year back into school <laughs> So uh, well, that, yeah but I mean unfortunately with this very very um easily transmitted yeah uh variant of the virus you are all vectors for that and um it's difficult to see how it's difficult to see how they can get you all back without um you know without everybody being well not everybody but a substantial proportion of the, the population being protected uh, I, I agree with that. And the I, other thing is, the other thing to put a sort of negative, slightly negative slant on it is that all viruses mutate as we've seen. Um, this is an example of that. And this thing is going to keep mutating. What, what, so what could happen is that there is, and I think they're talking about the, the, Afri- the South African one, aren't they? There is a, a further variant, um, which, is look, which is looking quite... <laughs> Um, you know, a bit like the sword of Damocles hanging over us, and um, you know, there's every possibility that there could be further uh, mischievous variants. Um, and we we don't we're not really well. I suppose that the work that we've done in the scientific community has been st- well, it has been stellar. I mean, there's no doubt mm. about that. And I believe this is a new sort of technology in that it's sort of plug and play and that they can sort of tweak it is that right Ben? yeah yeah i did a lot of um for the the vaccination podcast that we did a while back i did a lot of research into the um the first vaccine that came out yeah and um yeah essentially how it works is that you have a, a template um vaccination and then you can just essentially uh adjust that that one to the um antigen which is the the thing on the um coronavirus which um is used to basically destroy it um and you can you can just adjust the template to whatever antigen the virus is so yeah um it just speeds up the um it's why the vaccine was able to get out so fast comparative to previous vaccinations for things is because you can just adjust it to whatever uh, virus it is Okay, I see that we've uh, gone past our 30 minutes. So any final thoughts from you, Lil Tern? Um, just now that I've experienced it, I, I realise how 
dangerous it is for anyone um and i just think whatever you can do to protect yourself please you stay at home use a mask when you have to remember that it can get in through your eyes um and just yeah just don't take any risks because we've got to protect people that are immune compromised and we've got to protect the elderly so yeah i quite agree with that um, I quite agree with you. And I think the, the thing, that what I, what's really occurred to me, because I think the messaging has been quite confusing, but the government mm. has come up, in my, to my mind, with the best, most simple, effective, and most effective message they could have come up with recently. And that is, they say, act like you've got the virus. Everyone should act like they've got the virus. Now, you don't really need any other instructions, do you, really? <laughs> if, you, if you had the virus, you're not going to, you know, not wear a mask. You're not going to, you know, so for goodness sake, stay home. As you say, when you have to go out, wear a mask, take all those precautions and socially distance. People still seem to don't be able to get, still don't be able to understand that, you know, they have to cross the road when it's a narrow road and you can't keep two meters away. People start, even in here in the country, they don't do that. I mean, it's... it's people me. are complacent. They're complacent and, you know, they miss the sociable aspect. But, you know, it, I understand mental health. Everyone's mental health is struggling. Everyone's having a bit of a meltdown at the moment. But, you know, I feel... At times, I feel, felt like I can't breathe. And I can't tell you how scary that is. And it's not worth it. It's, it's not worth risking your health for. We will get past this. Just be patient. A few more months. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for that really strong final message there. And thank you, dear listeners, for, uh, for staying with us. Uh, we've loved having your company over the past 10 months. Um, thank you for responding to uh, our request for you to share your Christmas um, memories uh, after we did ours when we did our last episode on Christmas Eve Eve. Um, we very much enjoyed reading your uh, memories uh, now we'd like to hear from you with your predictions for the outlook for 2021 so please do um, go to our uh, facebook page for re-educating dad and uh, share those with us please also um, share this show if you like it with your friends and family help us spread the word and we would really appreciate it if you could see your way to to uh, writing uh, a review for Apple Podcast or, uh, for us. So if you could do those things, we would very much appreciate, but only if you like the show, of course. Uh, we very much appreciate Ben's participation once again. Thank you, Ben. Uh, thank <laughs> you, Tone. Great to see you fully recovered. And we will look forward to getting together again as a threesome real soon. So for now, it's goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Thanks, everyone. Bye for now. Bye.